Hello, and thank you for tuning in. This is Love What I Love, a podcast where we beg our partner to love something we do, whether it be a movie, TV show, or anything in between. We're your hosts, Masha and Andy, and this week we're talking about Spy Kids. Spy Kids is an action-adventure comedy about a brother and sister, Carmen and Junie, who must become spies to save their parents, who happen to be ex-spies, from an evil mastermind. Spy Kids stars Antonio Banderas, aye, aye, aye. Carla, <laughs> Carla Gugino, <laughs> Alexa. <Fuck. laughs> oh, <there>. <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> oh, I feel like this isn't right. Alexa Vega. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, I, write, I wrote Pina Vega for Pina some reason. Pina Vega. <laughs> Alexa Vega, Daryl Sabara, which was his first movie, by the way. This, Is that Junie? Yeah. Hey. Alan Cumming. Hey, yo. Tony Shalhoub. Terry Hatcher, Cheech Marin, Robert Patrick, and Danny Trejo. What a cast. For real. Like, this is a bomb cast for a kid's movie. That's a who's who of, of Latino and Latina casting with a couple of whiteys sprinkled in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's good stuff. Um, we'll talk about the cast and everything, but I think just in that alone sort of shows you how it's... Yes, obviously, it's a kid a film for kids but also for the whole family yeah this was a miramax film that was released in 2001 and was directed by robert rodriguez and this was actually robert's first pg-rated film i know oh you already i know about rodriguez of course you have all the facts already all right um this had a budget of 35 million dollars and made 147.9 worldwide So I think it was uh, pretty successful there. Might have spawned the whole franchise. <laughs> well, speaking of becoming a franchise, um, it had a budget of $132 million, um, like as a franchise and has made 550.2 mil Damn. worldwide. So yeah, pretty successful franchise. Um, this isn't really relevant right now. Rodriguez wrote it too, right? I think you just said directed. Yes. So actually, yeah, bad on my part. Robert Rodriguez did direct, but he's also credited for editing and composing on all the movies and was the DP for two and three. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Jesus. So Robert Rodriguez uh, is pretty cool. He edited the movie in his garage. Really? Yeah. Apparently, like when I was doing my research, his garage is like a state of the art editing studio, but he calls it like his garage. You oh, know, okay. like it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's it's so cool. Like Robert Rodriguez, I, I really want to look into more of his stuff because he seems like a kid still to this day. Yeah. You know, and he came out of like the indie filmmaking craze of the kind of do it yourself, like no money. He was kind of in the same camp with like Tarantino and stuff. Ooh. And uh, so I think he probably. But calling it the garage is probably trying to keep that spirit alive. Mm. You know what I mean? Like that kind of like we're just kids trying to make a movie. Yeah. Even though it's not a garage, as you said. <laughs> um, what Robert Rodriguez films do you know? His first his first one was El Mariachi. And then he kind of like remade it. Jesus, I'm forgetting the name. It's been so long. The third one was Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Whoa. Does every indie director have to do a Once Upon a Time movie? Yep. It's a rule. <laughs> I'm blanking completely because I, I didn't obviously I didn't do any research because it's your movie. Yeah, I might even be fucking it up. I'm not. It actually might be the second one. I feel like a dum dum. Well, anyway, 
the first one I ever saw that got me into him was from Dust Till Dawn. Ooh. And that's a vampire movie starring George Clooney and Quentin Tarantino. Wait, in, in an, starring? In, yeah, like in an acting role. Quentin Tarantino? Yeah, yeah. Whoa. Because they were buds, so they would like help each other with shit. And he, 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 that was the time. I mean, he still puts himself in his own movies, but at that time he was still like accepting roles in other films and shit. Whoa. So yeah, Once Upon a Time. And then uh, like later, him and Tarantino, they both made two like 90 minute movies and they released them together as a uh, grindhouse planet terror was rodriguez's and i want to say he made sin city so i've seen a bunch of his stuff okay oh yeah he did make sin city yeah yeah i i have no interest in watching that movie but i think the look of it is really cool like i remember all the ads and stuff yeah you kind of have the picture like it's, it's, <laughs> it's i don't i wouldn't i'm not gonna say it's a bad movie but it's definitely not one of my favorites uh. like it's it it's super stylized and really cool for that fact but i don't like love the other stuff yeah uh. Cool. I know I mentioned uh, he DP'd for two and three, but for this movie that we're going to talk about today, Guillermo Navarro was the DP. Mm -hmm. um, and he often works with like Guillermo del Toro. Um, he worked on Pan's Labyrinth. Like, oh, sick. Super great DP. Yeah, yeah. So I think you have a lot of great people on this film in front of and behind the camera. Yeah. But yeah, before um, diving in and getting to learn a little bit about like your history with spy kids if at all um i just wanted to give a share a few facts if that's cool yeah go for it so robert uh got or robbie <laughs> yeah, so weird <laughs> robbie got like the... I, I spent so long reading about him i just we're, we're buds i mean like kids don't say robert if if he's a kid at heart i'm gonna kid. call him why you say she... <laughs> no i'm saying like if he's a kid at heart i'm gonna be like yo my bud robbie you uh... know what i mean I'm not going to be like, Mr. Rodriguez. I think you probably would. I don't think you'd be like, my butt, Robbie. <laughs> hey, that, okay, so guys, random, but I don't know if we've said this on the podcast yet, but remember when we were at the movie theater in New York? And uh, we we were going down the escalator, having just seen a movie. Yeah. yeah. And Bobby Moynihan was coming up the escalator. Yep. And I was like, yo, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you were like, so embarrassed. He was like, yep. <laughs> Anyway, back to Spy Kids. <laughs> so uh, Robbie got the idea in 1994 um, for this movie when he was working on a film called Four Rooms with Antonio Banderas. I have seen it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, actually, I I saw like a quick clip of it, and I do want to watch this movie. I don't know if you'd like it. Really? Yeah. I mean, you might like parts. Do you know anything about it? It looked like interesting with the kids. It's basically like Tim Roth is a bellman. In a, in a hotel, mm -hmm. he has four different rooms that he goes to. Yeah. And they basically work as almost like four different short stories. Like he goes into a room and each one's directed by a different director. Okay. So Robert Rodriguez didn't make all the four rooms. He made one of the four segments. Like Tarantino did another one and I can't remember the other two. Yeah, it was very experimental. Yeah, so there's parts of it that's really good. But because it's different filmmakers taking on different segments, it drastically changes like tone and stuff like throughout yeah um you might i don't think i don't think you won't like it fully but you're not gonna walk out saying you love it okay. but it's worth watching i was intrigued yeah so i can send out for babysitting service no i don't trust babysitters my children are safer alone than with some fucked up pedophile babysitter i don't know from the money in the fucking moon what about him what makes you think you can trust him tell me that's not a face you can trust but yeah, the two kids, I guess, in the movie looked like little spies. Uh -huh. um, and they did. So uh, he, he, he liked the idea of like these confident, empowering kids. Um, so he, I think that's like what sort of 
sparked his idea for this movie. Did he have kids yet at the time? Because I know a lot of these. Yeah, I think it was his kids in the movie. Wait. I wrote his kids are in the movie. Wait, in, in four rooms? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think I think when he was thinking about Spy Kids, I have in my notes, like, he kind of questioned, like, why do they have to be, why do you have to be British to enjoy James Bond? Like, basically, he, he wanted to question, like, why couldn't these kids be Hispanic, like, as he was thinking about the idea. So it was really important to him to have a Hispanic family star in Spy Kids. That's dope. Um, which was really cool. Like, as a kid, I never, like... It never bothered me. I was like, oh, cool. You know, like a Hispanic family. But I didn't realize like how big of a deal it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, like, I mean, if you're kind of making it, quote unquote, for your kids, you kind of want it to look like them. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> you don't want to be like, you know, look at this fantastic stuff that'll never be you. But <laughs> when you, yeah. I never questioned it. I never really like thought about it either. Than like, yeah, it's Rob Rodriguez. Like, why wouldn't it be? You know? Yeah. No, I liked it. And in reading all about him, it was really cool because he talks about how, like, the bigger a movie gets, the more, like, personal it should become and feel genuine. Uh So I think that was, like, what he wanted to make sure that this movie, like, felt grounded and real. Like, the family felt, even though, like, it's crazy in, like, all the adventures and stuff that occur in this movie, that it still felt grounded in a way, which I really appreciated. Mm -hmm. And he turned down higher budgets to have more creative freedom. Nice. So. He could have had spend more money, but he didn't. Do you want to guess the Rotten Tomatoes on this? I was actually surprised. I think I will it fared say. pretty well. I would say it's like a 70 on critics and like an 88 on audience. All right. So <laughs> it's actually pretty surprising. Critics, 93%. Ooh, all right. Audience score, 47. Whoa. So I don't know what is going on with the audience here, but... That's weird. Obviously, I freaking love Spy Kids, and I... I look down upon anybody who gave this a rotten score. I love how normally you hate the critics and you're like, look at the audience. It proves that people <laughs> like it. Don't listen to the critics and other critics. like It's the other way around. And you're like, these fucking idiot morons. Well, I don't know. Like, I think, I don't know who, th- I mean, obviously kids don't have access to Rotten Tomatoes. So yeah, I'd like, be curious because like, I would have kind of thought this was the other way where, because this is like a real fun movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not really something I would consider like a critical darling. Mm-hmm. But uh, who the hell do I know? Well, you know me. I like to hate on the people who hate on my stuff. Yep. Uh, so I did pull. Wow. <laughs> you pulled their stuff. names and addresses. I, I and did. You, you want us to go to their house? What's that word where. Doxing someone? Yeah. yeah dox them? <laughs> Uh, that's illegal, folks. We don't do that here. But um, <laughs> I let me see what I pulled. But in the show notes, you can find everyone's address and what time they'll be home. Uh, yep, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, let's see what I pulled here. Why is everyone brown? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is one of the quotes. And clearly this seems like a critique that was like after this movie came out. It says, I feel like if this is a film that you didn't grow up with, you will more likely than not find it very painful to watch due to cringy dialogue and a terrible generic story. Overall, the best way to describe this film is that it is a one and a half hour long fever dream that kids might enjoy, but most ages will find too weird to enjoy. What the hell are you talking about, dude? (laughs) That sounds like that was pulled from some like 20 year old's YouTube channel where he like, (laughs) rips apart bad movies you know what i mean and he's like 
born after so yeah. he's like this is so that's like us trying to watch something from the 80s and being like this is so weird dude yeah. destroys spy kids yeah <laughs> dude the thumbs are like people and like what were they smoking <laughs> and clearly i, I was very passionate because i pulled two more quotes oh one one other person from this, said oh, from different people i thought from yeah, the same no, guy no, no, you're no, like no. listen to this asshole <laughs> and that's why i put his address yeah. no i'm just kidding um i think the writers were on acid one person wrote i don't think that's true no writers on it. You don't write. Nobody writes on acid. You right. can't write on acid. <laughs> you 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 don't know what. You might be the right words. You're gonna write a script. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like it's not gonna. Your format's gonna be off. And then one <laughs> other person. I don't know. They must have just had a bad childhood. They said I hated this as a kid. I thought it was stupid and pandering. Apparently, critics think that is what makes for a good children's flick. Sad exclamation point. Wait, Which why reminded was it pandering? Me, I don't know, but. uh Adding sad at the end just reminded me of Trump. Oh, like, a, it just... <laughs> I mean, check the thing. Was it him? <laughs> I, maybe. I don't know. I didn't check. So sad. They should have built a wall for the Cortezes. <laughs> Judy, uh, such a wimp. But anyway, <laughs> so, now I'm, like, heated a little bit. Watch so. <laughs> <laughs> is hot. How many people want to kick some ass? Yeah. Do you post as... Magnolia fan on moviepoopshoot.com. Yeah. Did you write, fuck Jay and Silent Bob. Fuck them and their stupid asses? Yeah, a while ago. So? How many people want to kick some ass? I do, I do. How many people should go holding it back? Um, but anyway, so I want to know, Andy, what's your history with Spy Kids? I saw this. Not in theaters, but I did see it like the year it came out on video at like a friend's house. Oh, okay. But so I liked it, but I didn't want to admit I liked it because I, w- I was supposed to like cooler stuff by that point. Yeah, because you were like, what, 12? Yeah, I was like 11 going on 12. And, you know, I've said this a thousand times on this podcast, but I had that little boy complex of like, if you liked anything young, then you seemed like a little kid. So you yeah. wanted to like older stuff. <laughs> so honestly, if this was like three years earlier, I probably would have loved it. But it was like this is like the same year Grand Theft Auto Three came out. So I'll play <laughs> games where you're like killer hookers. So like, I, oh my, my god! I just couldn't play this and watch this movie and be like, yeah, like look, look at these cool kids kicking butt. But I do remember like secretly being like, this is pretty fun, ah! you know. But like I couldn't admit it. <laughs> um, and then it was later that I. I actually, earlier in this podcast, I said my first Rodriguez movie was from Dust Till Dawn. That's not true. This was my first Rodriguez movie. Oh, snap. I wasn't watching movies like that at 11. <laughs> you know, so once I started to get into movies and learn directors' names and I found out that, like, this was the same guy, that's when I was like, oh, I think that's probably why I liked it as a kid. You know, mm. it, it kind of stood a, a little bit apart from me from, like, a generic, like, you know, this was like, I'm thinking of, you know, like the Inspector Gadget movie with Matthew Broderick. Like, there's nothing there for, yeah. for me. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Even at that age. Like, that's just like goofball city from beginning to end. This, I remember even even though I wanted everything in my power to be like, I don't watch this crap. I still was like, it's pretty fun. <laughs> um, I, it was the same thing with Harry Potter where I was truly was like, didn't want to see it. Oh, and then I saw the first one and I was like, I like this. You know? <laughs> I always had a lot of whispering in the breath. I was like, oh, that was pretty good. Too it? cool for school. Uh, but that's kind of it. But, and like, it, it was like, oh, you watched it, you enjoyed it, but you didn't, like, really revisit it sort of situation. Oh, yeah, didn't revisit it at all. I think we, like, rented it. We were doing, like, a sleepover in, like, sixth grade or something, and it was, like, it was, like, from Blockbuster at someone's house. <laughs> um, Classic. 
Yeah, didn't revisit it, and then certainly by the time any of the sequels came out, I was way too old at that point. I was like 14, 15, 16. I wasn't going to go see Spy Kids 3D Game Over. <laughs> so yeah, I didn't really think about it, um, but I like Robert Rodriguez, so I always kind of kept an eye on his career. So I, I remember the two immediate sequels coming out. I remember Shark Boy and Lava Girl, which isn't a sequel, oh. but it kind of feels like it's in the same swimming pool. Unfortunately. And then there was that weird fourth one that came out like in 2011, yeah. um, where the kids were old. Oh, well, we'll, we're, we'll visit that yeah. briefly, very briefly. Time will tell, <laughs> or whatever the hell it's called. Um, that's it. Yeah, pretty, oh. pretty. I watched it at a sleepover, and it was pretty cool, but I didn't <laughs> want to tell anybody. Oh. Because uh, Rush Hour 2 was out. That was pretty cool. <laughs> All right, Marshall, what's your history with Spy Kids? All right, so this was nine. This was nine. All right, so I was nine when this came perfect out. So age. perfect age. How old is the girl? I want to say in the movie she she's like at middle school age. Yeah. I want to say she's like twelve or something. Really? I would have guessed a little younger. No. Well, uh, I guess not. Cause no, because Junie's like he, eight or yeah, something. Yeah, he's like eight or nine. She's probably eleven. 12. Yeah, I think she. So for me. She was very aspirational. Like, I wanted to be cool like her. But I you thought, were like, but I am a Junie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, but I love my TV shows, and I want to be best friends with my favorite characters. <laughs> and I'm scared of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a bunch of warts? No, well, <laughs> I actually did have one wart on my thumb. Damn, Junie um, style. That went away, like, I don't know, when I was in middle school. But, like, I do remember, like, having a wart um, Yo, there. Like, I do remember watching this and being like, yo, are warts way more like... Common. Like this kid had mad warts and everyone knew about warts. You know what I mean? Like even like later someone's like, I know those bandages. You got warts from your sweaty hands. And I was like, it's just, it was all new knowledge. I was like, I didn't even know. Even now when we watched it, I haven't thought about warts in so long. And I was like, I never had warts. Yeah. Oh man. I guess, yeah, it must have been more common than we think. And I have sweaty hands. I got hot. Yeah. But also like... Do you? I guess if you you're putting ointments on your, then you would it would yeah. warrant the band aids. Yeah, yeah. So okay, whatever. And you don't want to see people see ugly warts. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought Carmen was gorgeous, so I wanted to be just like her and cool. Um, but I re- related to Junie so much. Um, so like when this movie hit, I also like was in my spy phase. Like I really wanted to be like a detective. Your Harriet and, the spy phase. Yeah. Oh my God. It was my Harriet the spy <laughs> phase. I love how you said my spy phase. Like it's something we all go through. <laughs> you know, after my tween years, I was in my spy phase and we all hit at 13. Nobody else had a pair of binoculars. Well, growing up, I also, the apartment that I lived in was at the um at the corner of like a four-way intersection uh-huh. so i would like use my binoculars and watch people like crossing the street <laughs> and, and there were there wasn't there were only stop signs when i was growing up so i would i could count like five car crashes that happened in this intersection uh-huh. that i would just like peek on and Ooh. like i don't know um anyway you didn't go and like interview people with the notebook no i didn't do that uh um but yeah i absolutely love this movie i freaking love the house that they live in with the freaking playground gym yeah. in their backyard like what the hell was that i mean they're <laughs> f- fairly training them to be spies just yeah. in case. 
I thought, um, you know, I love the idea that their parents were secretly spies. And I actually remember this film being the reason why I started asking my mom about her childhood and her past. Because I was like, ooh, maybe there's something cool about my mom that I don't know. You know, like, it was just so dumb. <laughs> oh, that's great. But, uh, I mean... I think, you know, we when we're younger, we don't really question, like, our parents' lives. Yeah, you don't even think about that they were people before you came about. Exactly. So, like, this movie prompted me to do that, yeah. which I think was pretty cool. Um, I think this movie has a great soundtrack. Or, yeah, I think the, the music is pretty cool. Um, and there's just so much I love about it. Uh, you know... Speaking of my era of spy movies, like Agent Cody Banks, like that's why I love that movie. Like it's just well, so I mean, cool. Yeah. And I'll also, <laughs> I think a lot of this was brought on by the success of the Mission Impossible movies. Oh, because um, this is funny that we're talking about this now because I'm kind of just like rewatching all of those right now. Oh yeah, you are. Um, and so there's so many just scenes of people <laughs> sitting in front of computers typing away while information pops up and. They triangulate the positions and all that shit. Yeah. And I'm specifically watching part two right now, just like in little chunks. Um, and since this, that was 2000, this is 2001, like, that was the era of, like, the... Because the, it's funny with the spy stuff. They're always supposed to have high-end technology, but they still all kind of have roughly what we have, just kind of, like, exaggerated. Yeah. So, like, even though this shit's high-tech in this and, like, Mission Impossible 2, it still looks kind of bulky and outdated by today's designs. Yeah. So it's pretty funny. I love that you're laughing at my spy phase, but, like, Hollywood had a spy yeah, phase. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Oh, like, okay. Is that I think from 96 on... I mean, Bond yeah. was always hot. Yeah. But, uh... True lies. Mission Impossible, yeah, true lies, <laughs> for sure. But I think Mission Impossible brought that shit to, to the American shores, in a way. <laughs> No, it's pretty cool. But yeah, I love everything about this movie. So I'm excited to dive in and talk about it. Let's do it. Oh, before we start talking, full transparency, guys. We watched this movie. The period of time between us watching this movie and us recording this cast is a little longer than usual. Yeah, so we, we got busy. <laughs> um, we, we definitely revisited with, a, but you know, we didn't watch the whole thing again, but... We, we got you on our notes. We're going to be good. But yeah. just wanted to throw it out there for just, tr true honesty. Exactly. Yeah. Don't want to be upfront with y'all. Um, so I... Right, who's finer than Carla Gugino and Antonio Banderas? This is a couple. Oh, yo, yo, for real. Carla's fucking... I know. She was gorgeous. Everybody in this movie is yeah. freaking gorgeous. Um, and I know on this podcast, I've talked a lot about like my mom having crushes on like... Patrick Swayze and Arnold Schwarzenegger, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Antonio Banderas is also among the pe uh, the yeah. men. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, how could you? <laughs> if you were a lady at the time. Oh my a warm god. Warm-blooded American lady. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but what a cool way to open the movie. Like with this fun story, you know? Yeah. Um and starring their parents. It's just I just thought it was so visually interesting. Yeah. It's it's why it's one of the things that make makes us stand out with like we we're just talking about Robert Rodriguez being a really good filmmaker that it's like he he brought it even though it's quote unquote kids entertainment yeah but yeah they they tell a lot of story even though there's voiceover over it they still like they play against the type like the you know they're for, they have their dates but because they're on op opposite sides of a battle they're you know they don't even sit next to each other yeah it's very 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 funny visual humor it's great because he doesn't talk down to kids yeah it's like you get it you'll get it eventually if you rewatch it you'll find new nuggets that you miss yeah. as you grow and, up and we'll talk about specifics but this also felt 
more in touch with like 80s kids entertainment where it's not afraid to get scary or mm-hmm. dark or like sexy you know what i mean like so yeah. much stuff feels so neutered nowadays because we're afraid of like exposing stuff or scaring kids or this and that like this like this is like like all, like all those things like i guess i will get into specific scenes but like people can borderline die or like the transformations are fucked up yeah. and you know when when the husband and wife are together it's like steamy scenes you know it's, it's mm-hmm. like it's you're right it's like a little more family movie and but it feels like it harkens back to the old days of kids entertainment yeah and i really love just the end of this sequence when um the priest is sort of like blessing them as they jump off a cliff yeah i remember being so like thrilled but also freaking terrified during that scene were you really yeah because i don't know what it is like all the wind blowing and the like slight slow motion yeah i don't know i just remember that feeling of being like what's gonna happen next that's so funny (laughs) because i don't think that scene's meant to be tension filled you're supposed to be like whoa yeah i don't know i think maybe it's not maybe scared isn't the right word yeah it seems like they planned for their wedding to be attacked because they had the heart-shaped parachutes and the boat ready to go that said just married. I think I just wasn't expecting that element of, like, epicness. Yeah. And it was really cool. I love it Did you see this before you saw Zorro? Before Zorro? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that opening sequence, I think, is so cool. And after their mom tells them this sort of bedtime story, which apparently they've heard tons of times (laughs) at this point, um, you kind of... You're quickly you're quickly shown that this is a story about their parents. I mean, um, <laughs> I mean they're in the flashback, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. N- but I mean, it could be like you know, sometimes you see it. It's called spy kid. <laughs> it's not a it's not a hard stretch that their Listen. parents are spies. All right, that's fine. <laughs> we that's all fair. saw the title. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of going to go through and talk about like things that stuck out to me, but obviously feel free to jump in with anything that well, stuck out to you. I just want to talk about how unbelievable it is that the parents have never been caught as spies when as <laughs> soon as the kids go to their bedroom, the entire living room gets transformed into like a fucking spy headquarters. Oh, like yeah. they never came well, out once to pee no, or something? No, that's their bedroom. That's their bedroom? That's yeah. like the living room. No, that was their freaking... That's what I'm telling you. This house is amazing. It's freaking huge. Spies I are, love Every that. spy is rich. We know that from all movies <laughs> and TV. How do you deter, like, how much are they getting paid? I just, okay, never mind. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's a lot. They invent, like. And for them to have been retired for this long, but be able to afford all of this is kind well, of. Well, no, they're not retired. They're consultants. Oh, right. They're consultants. They work. You're they right. just, they're not on the field. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So that's what I'm saying. So every night they're logging into this database. Yeah. Shit. So I was like, not once. The kid's like, <laughs> <"Not> about it. <laughs> One thing I thought that you'd enjoy is that, you know, obviously as consultants, they keep a low profile. Their kids don't know what they're doing. Yeah. So when their dad drops him off to school and there's like this fake out sequence where he beats up his kids bullies dad dad. i mean i always i still laugh out loud at that it's pretty funny (laughs) did you buy it though the first time the first time yeah absolutely that's so funny (laughs) um yeah that's like a classic then then we see that scene a lot where it's like the dad's basically a superhero but like he has to hide it in front of the thing this movie came up before um, The Incredibles, but it's hilarious when I was thinking about it. There's mad similarities and just like themes and mm. what happens in the story. That guy kind of, the, the dad bully kind of looks like The Incredibles guy. He kind of does, <laughs> yeah. But it's the same where like the parents are hiding it from the kids and then the parents are in peril and the kids have to like oh. suit up and go save their parents. Yeah. Um, but this obviously predates that. Oh. So Pixar, you're full of shit. No, <laughs> no love, that was a pretty love, good movie. I love The Incredibles. <laughs> 
Um, I thought, oh my God, this is embarrassing. But you know how the banter between the brother and sister and how Junie's like mimics her in the car? Yeah. I I remember watching that movie and being like, oh my God, he sounds just <laughs> like her. How is he doing that? Feel <laughs> <laughs> the magic of film. Uh. <laughs> That's mad funny. It's just so funny to think of like the things you fell for as a kid when you yeah. were watching stuff. Um, but to bring what you were saying back um, up top about Robert Rodriguez wanting to keep this like, like you know, like a relatable movie mm-hmm. and just grounded. Grounded. That's the word you used. That's what all this upfront stuff is kind of doing. It's just building like they don't. Re- they're not. They're not really setting up spy problems. They're setting up like very real problems that kids have. Like yeah. he doesn't have any friends, and he's lying about it. She's kind of breaking rules, and I think that was a real smart move. Where while this movie does kind of end up with like the world in peril, if that's the only thing you're doing, it's hard to like relate and care about what's going on. Yeah. But by making it like no, it's just like a regular old family. Like they all have like regular issues. Yeah. It works better. No, you're so right. I mean. Just to name a few more issues that this family's dealing with, obviously the parents keeping their history away from their kids. Like they're essentially lying to their kids yeah. about their true selves, um, which then like subconsciously uh, promotes the kids hiding stuff from them. Yeah. Um, and just this sort of like separation they have as a family um so at the end when they come together it's like oh exactly and it, it, it goes about even into farther in the family where the whole kind of thing is like it's all about people kind of hiding themselves from their family and mm. lying to their family yeah everything down from the friends that junie says he has to you know eventually the, the dad has some secrets the brother's got some secrets everyone's got some secrets yeah um can we take a moment and or, or two i think we'll need to fucking talk about this insane Alan Cummings TV show. Oh my god, the Fooglies. Fo- Fo- Foogie Boogie World or whatever it's called. The fact that I never questioned how that show was shot until like we watched it together was really? hilarious. Oh, like with all the green screen and all yeah, that? Yeah, I'm like, wait a minute. I was I wrote a note where I was like, his show is shot how most like blockbuster movies are shot nowadays. <laughs> where it's just like a single actor standing in like a world of green and blue oh. and just being like, whoa. <laughs> but like what? I know we've had some weird kids shows in our past. We've had Pee Wee's Playhouse and all that shit, but like, how is this a show? Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy like, there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason. He just kind of like sings weird songs. At one point, I put the subtitles on to hear the words of his songs, and he sounds like a fucking maniac. <laughs> like, it doesn't sound like I don't, I don't know if I would buy that. Like, it's like a beloved <laughs> show. There's no, there you, seems to be nothing. You, you know what I mean? You mean this song isn't cool? And some mean, nasty people want to have you for their supper. But if you follow me, you can all be free, free. You can all be free. There's a bird on a big TV. If you dream, if you dream, if you dream, my dream. selfish, mean, nasty people, nasty, 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 nasty. But there's a way you can make your day. You can laugh, you can smile, you can come and stay a while. You can dream, my dream. You can fucking insanity are you kidding me <laughs> yeah it's a very weird show um i don't know i, I don't have an answer to your yeah. question <laughs> but it all works in this movie's favor of at least being memorable even if you don't like it i don't it's hard to forget 
spy kids oh for sure i was freaking creeped out by those characters i will say that yeah i was also like just kind of like the introduction of him once we like go out of the tv show to like his like lair yeah then it's just like okay so this is like full-on the kind of spies where it's like there's like villains and super lairs and shit like that yeah it's, it's super goofy so did you notice anything about the person who sort of commissions Alan Cummings' character? Yes, the T-1000. Ah, cool. Did I notice anything? I didn't. Yeah. Sometimes you have face blindness. Not for the T-1000. All right. <laughs> or whatever his name is in Sopranos. I can't remember his character's oh name. Oh, my God. But uh, Terminator guy. Yeah. That's what I call him in my notes. He's T-1000. Call to John. <laughs> yeah, what was like... So, like, he orders this army, but, like, who is he and why does he want an army? That was my note. It said, who is the 2-1000 and why does he want an army? Um, I don't know. So, he's, I don't know. I just, like, I never really questioned it. Yeah. But he wants to, like, take over the world. Okay. <laughs> like every other villain <laughs> the out there. The backstory of how Floop got started on this army is a little iffy. You know what I mean? Well, I, so it's not as fresh in my mind, obviously, but, like, I don't know how Fugly met freaking um shaloub minion yeah i don't know how he met minion how they got together yeah you know like it's it's a little hazy either way he's he's been commissioned so he's got clearly he's got some powers outside of he's not just a tv guy yeah he he can invent weird things that can make things or whatever they keep it vague early on yeah, so I don't know when, who met who when. It's yeah, all very Either way, hazy. he's got some <laughs> ill powers because when he unveils his army, it's basically robot kids with like insane super strength. Yeah. The titular spy kids, if you will. Yo, when the kid like flips T-1000, it's so cool. <laughs> it's not, it's all right. It's so <laughs> what cool. What do you mean? It's all right. It's like so, yeah, it's like. I don't know. It's the combination of the shit. kid being cool, like cool and strong with the music. I think it's yeah. just composed very well. Cool. All right. All right. I mean, it's <laughs> not. It's not like it's not lame, but it's not what it be like. It's so. Cool. Yeah, but it is funny. Like once, so the two kid examples that he brings out are like the president's daughter and like his son. Yeah. So he's basically showing how like you can disarm people because they think it's their kids. Exactly. And then he asks them to speak, and they're like, nom, 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 nom. and they're not done yet. So he's clearly got some more evil plans yeah. to, to go about. So they need brains. These I don't know. Anyway, you get the premise. Yeah, it doesn't really. It doesn't really it's matter. Fine. But it's freaking cool. Yeah. <laughs> but it's all premise to get the mom and the dad out on a mission. Mm-hmm. So I don't really want to go plot by plot. Um, I, I I think we did a great job of laying out the the premise of this movie. Yeah. Um, that's sort of how the parents are brought out, and they get abducted like in a matter of like minutes. It's kind of hilarious, actually. Yeah. They're pretty. <laughs> they're not that great. Like they're they're like so cool. Like Antonio Banderas is actually I think really great at comedy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just with the mustache and trying to look cool. Yeah. And then just... Me- he's just really great. I kind of wish he had more comedic roles. And he's good at playing up... I mean, that's why I think... I haven't really seen any of them, but I think it's why that Puss in Boots is so popular. Like, uh, like he plays up that, like, sexy Spanish stereotype. Yeah. You know? But they get caught so quickly, um, and the kids are sort of set on this mission to rescue their parents and figure out everything that happened. I mean, can I want to talk about one of the great side characters of this, though, is uh, Cheech Marin oh. as their fake uncle. <laughs> 
Yo, it was kind of funny. So, you know, they think he's their uncle and he's watching them. And then he's the one who breaks the news to the kids that their parents are spies. Yeah. And, like, when he proves to them that he's not their uncle, he, like, rips his mustache off. (laughs) But, like, what does that prove? Like, you know, it's not like like they were like, oh, our uncles always have mustaches. Yeah. You know, like, it was was a pretty funny comedic (laughs) gag. And I'm not your uncle. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty funny. Like, okay, you don't have a mustache. But like, it's <laughs> these kids basically they take to the spying pretty quickly. Like they they're on board. They believe it right away. Uh, like they have like pro- one or two words of protest. Mm, well, no. Well, okay. Yeah. And then You're right. they uh, and then they're just like right away. Like, all right, we got to go spy it out. Yeah, because they get attacked by thumb thumbs, which are one of the creepiest things I've ever yeah, seen right, in my this life. This guy Robert Rodriguez is a creep. But that's <laughs> those things are weird as fuck. How do you think that up? That's I crazy. I feel like we were also simultaneously in our spy phase. Hollywood was also in a thumb phase because the comedian Steve Odekirk was making all his thumb movies at the time, like Bat Thumb, Thumb Father, and uh, I don't know what the other ones, but there's like Thumb with the Wind or some really? shit. Really? It was like thumb remakes of movies. <laughs> all thumb based. We, That's we, weird. We were loving the thumb in the 2000s. Who, who, who are you? I'm Bat Thumb. Bat what? I'm Bat Thumb. Bat what? I'm a bat that thinks he's the... I'm a thumb that has a bat... I'm Bat Thumb. What what are you going to do to me? Um, One thing that I saw in my research is that uh, this film, uh, according to Robert was a fusion of, like, Willy Wonka and James Bond. So I think when we're talking about, like, that fantastical, like, weirdness of Floop and his world, like, that's the Willy Wonka-esque that he brought in. Yeah, yeah. And I can also see, like, in the way these kids are, like, discovering all these, like, spice worlds. Like, that's kind of, like, Willy Wonka, too, where it's, like, new gadgets or the new candies and shit like that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Right? And so speaking of Thumb Thumbs, uh, I forgot to mention, too, those were based on drawings Rodriguez did as an as a kid. Okay. So like he actually brought that from his childhood and put it in this movie. I so it's not s- too weird. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> they seemed like I was gonna ask if it was either something his kids came up with or mm-hmm. another kid, but that makes sense. It was him as a mm-hmm. kid. It's weird that they can see. Oh yeah, like, it is. Like they have no eyes, but they could see. Yeah. There were only 48 days of filming this movie, which I think is like really short. Yeah, for a spe- special effects heavy. Yeah. Um, and most of it was filmed in Austin, Texas, which I feel like him and like um, Richard Linklater, like they love, they freaking love Austin, yeah. Texas and shooting there. Um, but and some exterior shots were shot in South America, which was pretty cool. Um, but for the most part, like they got this movie done super quick. But yeah, what I love about after they, you know, learn that Cheech Marin isn't their uncle and they have to go on this journey. I just love the the series of um events that occur afterwards because you get all of these cool gadgets all these cool locations and it just it's just so fantastical um one of them i'll quickly mention because i do want to talk about invest worst is uh when they're in both the ship and like when they finally get to like the secret hut or whatever Uh um one of the cool things that they could do is like make McDonald's instantly in their cool microwave. Yeah. Um, a former promotion executive um, of Miramax admitted that the McDonald's tie-ins for the first three spy movies were the best, like, of the company, like, in the history of, like, brand integration. Oh, that's funny. Which is pretty cool. I thought it was, like, pretty seamless, and I never questioned it as a kid, because I was like, McDonald's is a part of life, you yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they got you. 
<laughs> no, McDonald's is life. <laughs> McDonald's feeds everybody. Football is life. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's funny. It's in the first three, so they're always stopping off for Mickey D's. I and guess all these so. Like, always I <laughs> don't. Ah, nice. Spanish cuisine. If I remember correctly, like maybe Junie like makes McDonald's again in two. Um, I didn't watch three. Like I watched three like once and didn't really revisit Damn, it. But. I thought you were gonna franchise deep side <laughs> bad boy. I mean, I could. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie and With say Shark it might boy, not happen. Girl one and two. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. But yeah, I think uh, it's it's what I like about this movie is. It's it's not a straightforward ne- narrative. You get all of these surprises. You get visitors from the past, from the parents' past, that come in and try and convince that Ca- Carmen and Junie that they're the good guys, yep. but they're actually not. And there's just like great comedy in between the lines of the action. Yeah, yeah, there is. And I love that it's like it 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 plays the line so well between comedy and action movie. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, and they do a good job too of you know mixing in different kinds of humor because there is, there are like poop and fart jokes for like <laughs> kids, but there's like some physical comedy as well, and then some wordplay. Yeah. It, it is a nice mix. Oh, when uh, Junie's in the ship, and uh, well, oh my God! First of all, I think it's hilarious that in this like two-hour ship ride to the safe spot, uh-huh. Carmen naps, and it reminded me of you. What? <laughs> Like she two, takes a nap? Yeah, two-hour trip of, like, really a nap. You napped in the car yesterday <laughs> in a one-hour and eight-minute trip, and you slept for, like, 28 minutes. Listen. All right. All right. Backfired. Backfired. Yep. Game over. <laughs> um, but it's so cool. Like, Junie makes popcorn. Oh, the reason why I brought it up is because I like when he uses the bathroom, and it goes, now flushing your poop. <laughs> yep. I knew you'd like that. <laughs> And you didn't? It's all right. All right. It's good. It got me. I will. I won't deny it. <laughs> at nine years old, I was like, "Oh, oh yeah, at nine, I would pool. imagine. Yeah, that's the king. <laughs> that's the king at nine. Oh, uh, but yeah, I would definitely live in that secret hut. Like, oh my god, that was so cool. Yeah. Yo, speaking of when that lady comes in and acts like she's their friend. Yeah. I get she's like turning. She's like on the bad guy's side and tricking them, but it's not a great plan. She pretty much tells them exactly like what's going on like, yeah she's like this is floop he's evil <laughs> so, yeah, we find out that floop's little floobies or whatever they're called yeah his little side characters are like are they all congressmen i don't know what they're they're, they're very important people they're, they're all spies they all work for all the oss spies. yeah they were all captured spies who were then weirdly transformed that's what i mean when this movie's like a little bit darker for kids like it's pretty dark that they're just like <laughs> transformed into these like mindless monsters who can only talk backwards yeah and then forced to perform on this bad tv show (laughs) yeah she does tell them the whole plan but carmen's smart and figures it out yeah well i think i would argue that juni figures it out first because he's like why should we trust her oh yeah no no actually just rewatched it he looks outside and sees a bunch of thumb thumbs and that's how he knows it's not them yeah he calls it because carmen's like so into like becoming a spy and like being the smartest one and she like panders to her she's like you're part of the elite women spy group yeah I love this brother sister dynamic. I did. I think they did a great job with the dialogue between Carmen and yeah. Junie, and it, they were just believable as siblings. Mm-hmm. As as an only child, I I was like, oh, this is how yeah, siblings act. Yeah, she was act. good as like the older sister who was like more mature, but still only like eleven years old, so like still a kid also and yeah. an asshole, you know. Oh man, when it's revealed that she still wets the bed. Uh, oh. 
I was like, bitch. The twist. <laughs> the twist. Mm. Oh, it does in the spoiler section. No. Judy, <laughs> Carmen still wants the bed. <laughs> yeah, I just, oh, like, it, it was really cool. Yeah, I, I thought that was really cool. But this whole sequence of them escaping and then, like, losing track of them as they were being tracked by this evil lady yeah. um, was really cool. Like, their whole costume change, yo. It was in all the promos and stuff, but I got to say, like, I got chills as a nine-year-old you seeing them. So cool. The slow-mo walk, putting the glasses on. <laughs> I, Robert Rodriguez, you got me, man. Like, <laughs> you really did. <laughs> he was like, I'm going to treat your kids like you're Tom Cruise. <laughs> bop, 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 bop. Um, I don't remember what happens first or second, but two things I want to get your opinions on is one, them tracking down Machete. Yeah. Um, Machete. Machete, who apparently is behind, or not apparently, who is the maker of all of these cool gadgets that they get a hand, their hands on. Yep. And, and, he's then, a, and he's in the wedding photo, photo picture with their dad. Exactly. So I want to get your thoughts on that. And then I also want to get your thoughts on the first time Carmen and Juni encounter some of these robot kids. Because mm, okay. I thought that was a pretty epic scene. Yeah. And that scared the, scared me. <laughs> As a kid. And it, again, it's the music comp- composition yeah. that happens during that. So whatever you want to hit first. I mean, yeah, we, we talk about the kid scene. I can't really watch this with nine-year-old eyes the way you can. <laughs> so I can't really like say like, yeah, it was super scary. Mm-hmm. But I can I can do my best to like see how that could be pretty freaky to kids. That that kind of getting the doppelganger technology was getting pretty good for the real first time. Where we, you can get, like, you know, duplicate people on screen, mm-hmm. you know, looking at each other, and it looked pretty good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I could see it was just pretty cool. I don't know. It's just, maybe I was just blown away by the actors, because Dark Carmen, Dark Carmen in particular scared yeah. me. Yeah. Like, her slow motion walk with the breeze. I guess I have a, a thing for slow motion walking I guess so. in the breeze. I remember Dave Chappelle, everything's cool there in slow motion. <laughs> oh, here we go. Uh, but yeah, her and her character in particular as the dark version, like really scared me. Like when she picks up real Junie, yeah, it's a combination of the sound effects and it just made it seem so scary and strong. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, you, I remember you laughing out loud with the, at the end of the scene. What part? Because the robot kid like spins Junie. I don't know what that thing is in the playground, like what that's called. Yeah, I don't know. Those round things, yeah. Those round things that spin. Yeah. And then, like, Junie, like, barely lives, and then all the kids at the playground run to it afterwards. Oh, yeah, like, to play on it. Like, (laughs) I want to try it. I was like, you fucking psychos. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Aw, but that's, I mean, I I get where you're coming from. Yeah, sorry. It's like, it's it's not, again, it's not a bad scene. It just doesn't, it's not going to, like, blow my mind, you know? All right, what about Machete? Ah, uh, Machete's the shit. She's the, she's the man. <laughs> so, I need, I like need to look up Machete, like the guy, because I just feel like Wait, the character or Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo. Okay, but he he's in a movie called Machete. Yeah, that Robert Rodriguez made. Okay, but it's not this Machete. I, I don't think because so. it's violent. Yeah, well. He, he could have had a violent pat. He, he could be violent when he's not on camera with okay, these guys. That's true. Uh, I don't actually know. I kind of think for legal reasons it's not. 
But I think like the spirit. I think it's supposed to be like wink, wink. It kind of is. Whoa! It's supposed to be like the tales of Machete. But I could tell you the backstory of that was. Remember when earlier I told you about Tarantino and Rodriguez both made a movie and released it together called Grindhouse. Yeah. And it's two separate movies. So that was a throwback to old school, what they used to call Grindhouse cinema. A lot of times in the 70s, you'd go to a theater, they'd show you two movies back to back. They're usually short, like between 80 and 90 minutes. And you'd watch trailers in between. And like one ticket would get you two movies. So they were trying to like bring that that back like in spirit. Mm -hmm. And so the funny thing they did though was they and a bunch of other of their filmmaker friends made fake trailers for fake movies to play in between them <laughs> and they're hilarious all the all the fake trailers are great but for robert rodriguez his contribution was a violent movie called machete starring danny trejo wow so it kind of started almost as a joke where he's like here's this character from these kids movies here's a trailer for a fake movie where he's like slaughtering people and cutting heads off yeah and then the reception of that trailer was just so hot that oh he would just like God. he rolled that into like let's make a machete movie, which then became then got a sequel. So like, Jeez. yeah, it's kind of living <laughs> its own thing. But yeah, right. I think I, I I don't know. I didn't do any research. I could be wrong, but from what I think I know, like legally for studio purposes, I don't think it's the same machete. But yeah, it kind of is. Okay, yeah, that's crazy. And I think that makes it so much funnier that he's hanging out with the spy kids making <laughs> bubble gum and shit. Yeah, and then uh, and then he's on the side like. You know, fucking Sofia Vergara or whatever happens in that movie. Oh, my God. All right. She's in the sequel. I don't know. I didn't see it. But they soon realized. Coming after us. They just fucked with the wrong Mexican. Action. Suspense. Emotion. Please, Father, have mercy. God has mercy. I don't. If you're gonna hire Machete to kill the bad guy, you better make damn sure the bad guy isn't you. Machete. But yeah, I like I know his I knew his name was Danny Trejo, but like Machete comes to my mind before Danny uh-huh. Trejo does, you know? Yeah. Like I just the branding. Yeah, he it. was uh, he was like a criminal before he was an actor, like in jail and all Wait, that shit. Wait, really? Yeah, yeah, for like he got his break in like later in life, like in his like late forties. Like, Whoa, I didn't know yeah. that. I, I also again, I'm, a lot of this is caveats of me just trying to sh- repeating shit I've heard, but uh, so I don't know the full details. Like I don't know what level of criminal he was, but Whoa. he was definitely that scary prison dude that he plays real well. Jesus. Yeah. All right. Well, when you bring some truth to your <laughs> to your acting. Oh yeah. Second <laughs> chances, baby. That's pretty awesome. Well, he's awesome in this and I think they again, the comedy comes in because he's very emotional when it comes to talking about his brother, aka Carmen and Judy's dad. Yeah. They're estranged um and he's really hesitant to help these kids, but he sort of not willingly helps them. Um they end up stealing a bunch of stuff from him and go off to save their parents. He um, kind of does. Like, why would he show them the plane? Because he's like, here's a plane that can get you to your parents. <laughs> I'm not driving it. Yeah, and I was yeah. Like, kind of saying you guys go drive it. <laughs> I, this, this plane conveniently can fit a small human, or two small humans. No, wait. He's like, it's, if it's made for one person, you know, yeah. or two little motherfuckers. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, his his uh, office of gadgets is pretty cool. Yeah, that was great. I mean, it's clearly playing off like in James Bond, he has Q. Q makes all the gadgets, you know. Mm-hmm. So in not every movie, but in a lot of the movies, there's the scene where he's like, "This is what you'll be using this movie." So pen that does this. And <laughs> so that's kind of this was like the Hispanic Q. I liked it. Oh yeah. Machete. 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 There's not much to spoil about this movie, but want to go ahead and just dive into the spoiler section? Sure. Just in case anyone's <laughs> dying to not have Spike kids. I spoiled. mean, I don't blame you. Ah. <laughs> um, speaking of comedy, we got freaking Tony Shalhoub on uh, this movie. King. So Shalhoub Mr. was in a lot of the movies you loved. Was he? Starship? No, not Starship. Uh, Galaxy Quest? Galaxy Quest, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great in Galaxy Quest. I feel like there was other... I mean, and like here, Men in Black. Like, he's in so oh. much like zany 90s stuff. I feel like his career just always stayed like the same level. And, and he never like disappears. No. He's always there. He was in tons <laughs> of movies. Then he was in Monk for Ages. And yeah. Then, like, now he's popping around Maisel and other stuff. And he's always hilarious. Yeah, except in that one serious thing that you saw him in. I don't remember that. Was it Men in... Uh, you you were like, I've never seen Tony Shalhoub like this. What oh, no, no. It wasn't It wasn't that it was serious. It was Barton Fink. It was that he was like uh, the type of character he was playing. He was like a no-nonsense movie executive who told people to go fuck themselves. Uh, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't... It's not that it was serious. It was that I was just like, oh, shit. He usually plays like a little more like <laughs> meek and shit. Yeah. But uh, in this movie, he plays Minion, which is hilarious yeah. that his name is Minion. Well, you don't know that. For a while, he's just called him a Minion, so you think he's just the guy's Minion. But yeah. Then, yeah. Well, then you find that his name is Minion, but then you find out it's his last name. His name's like Alex Minion. Yeah. Which is pretty funny. <laughs> and I guess since we're in the spoiler section, we can reveal that Minion is sort of the dark mastermind behind all of Floop's plans with these spy kids. Yeah. So like when we were saying we were confused about the backstory, it's basically like he infiltrated Floop and convinced them to like make this army and all that blah 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 yeah because it's very lucrative yeah and he wants for to, show. and he wants to take over i mean i i don't blame him it's he, it's a very expensive show he's producing i guess <laughs> but uh and then you also learn that minion was one of the scientists that helped that worked with carmen and juni's dad to develop this brain that yeah. he's been after to input into these spy kids so they could be smart kids Exactly, smart spy kids. Um, but yeah, and then we just get like a lot of ram jamming good times with the spy kids breaking in, using all the gadgets they were having. The world's invisible, smallest camera. Yeah. All sorts of fun shit. Oh man, the way that Flute makes that piece of clay so quickly to transform Antonio Banderas is yeah. so freaking scary. Yeah, that was a creepy scene. That had some like Roger Rabbity type vibes. Too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a great, that's great. Yeah. Maybe it's comedy action and like just scary moments because also when like this army of kids start going down the hallway and you get these four spies, like mom, dad, sister, brother, only being the only ones to fight them. And then surprise appearance by Machete coming through the window. Who knows how, but it's pretty cool. Um, to fight this army of spies. I don't know. It's super epic. It is. I do remember as a kid, though, being let down that we don't get a fight soon. Because <laughs> it looks like it's about to break out and then the, they shut down the mother brain or whatever the fuck and shut all yeah. the other kids down. And then they become kids. Yeah. <laughs> Minus the spy. Yeah, yeah, Because exactly. they go, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> um, for those of you who might be inspired to rewatch this at home, I would take a close look at the kids 
when they like transform from serious spy kids to like you know these rowdy kids that bounce these people up in the air because there are a couple kids that break oh yeah the ones and they're on the just way like, back yeah they're just like yeah like they, you know and it's so funny to watch yeah. we gotta stop bringing up like super specific visual things that aren't that i'm so re- sorry that are really hard to find on your own I, we did the same thing in boomerang we're like watch how he answers the phone at one time at one point you know i i know it's coming from like i i cannot tell you how many times i've watched this movie yeah. so like you start looking at other things on the screen and you just make some random observations uh-huh. yeah yeah <laughs> And then, yeah, he learns that, Floop learns that the thing his show was missing this whole time was kids. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> what? No, I know. I, it's it's funny, like, for a kid show that you're missing kids. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, uh, right, right before we get to the end, it was a nice little cameo where we get George Clooney as their kind of commander with the black bar over his eyes. Yeah. And then he lifts it up. That, that was a good gag. Oh, it's so good. I was into that. I remember being like, George Clooney, oh, snap. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, and I thought that was really like a really cool special effect too, you know, because he's moving and oh, stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then he touches the black bar yeah, and holds yeah, it yeah. in his hand. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and what a badass like way to end the movie with them all to camera, like we're family. Yeah. I know it's so corny. I freaking love it still. <laughs> so when you, if you loved it so much, like. Why were you not so on board when like the next one came out? No, I love to. Oh, okay. I'm. T- I said three. I wasn't crazy. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> uh, do you want to dive into some best words? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, why don't we start with you? All right, I did uh, best for spy gadget. Oh, that's mine too. Uh, All right, lame. so we got one. Easy- <laughs> we picked the easiest one too. Yeah um i gotta go with gumball electricity shooters that's your best yeah that's pretty good it's pretty it's pretty <laughs> it's like practical too you know what i mean like i could see it you actually using it you gotta chew mad fast though that's fine yeah i guess so what's your best i mean my best is the microwave meal packets uh, imagine you just put in like instant ramen i mean i guess instant ramen's a thing <laughs> you, picked, <laughs> you picked one of the few things that you could easily <laughs> make instantly <laughs> I wasn't thinking of it. Yo, can you imagine a pizza that's cold in your freezer and then you could put it in an oven and it's like pizza? Oh my God. You know what I mean? Like fancy ramen. <laughs> oh my God. Or, or you know, waffles that are cold okay. and made by Ego. You know what I mean. <laughs> but like, I think that's so cool. The yeah. instant meals. Yeah. But the, I mean, yeah, because they have like a full like roast chicken with potatoes and shit come out of there. Yeah. As long as, you know. It's not giving you, like, cancer. Right. Who knows what the fuck it really is. (laughs) Caveat. I guess I was thinking of, like, fighting. I was like, I could see myself. Because I was shocked. I mean, maybe this has video games, but it definitely doesn't have, like, PlayStation 2 video games. Mm -hmm. They might have, like, Game Boy or something. But I'm surprised. I could totally see, like, a game where you're, like, unlocking new gadgets, you know? Yeah. Because they do the gum thing, but then they also have the, when they blow the big bubble that does, like, multiple electricities. I was like, that's right out of a video game. Like, you start off with one that can paralyze one enemy and then you get one that can do like six that's you know pretty I mean? sh- yeah for sure <laughs> yeah what's your worst i had a hard one but when i was rewatching, it was a, it made it pretty easy there's <laughs> a scene when the the lady who acts like she's their friend comes to the cabin to beat them up yeah and they both pick up these weird looking like guns yo that's my worst uh, and then yes they can't figure it out and she's like you don't know what they do and they're like oh well they're heavy and they just throw them at them yeah yeah i don't know what those are either but those were my worst <laughs> maybe they're the most devastating but since they didn't use them right we, we'll never know oh uh, yeah 
Also, I was like, just I was when I was rewatching, I was trying to find the other ones that I was like, that's stupid, but they were all pretty good ideas, you yeah. know, for like a spy kids movie. You know? I guess you could also argue like a gadget is a spy kid because like those artificial kids. Oh yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Oh, when Carmen punches the wall. Oh yeah. Oh, so badass. <laughs> <laughs> you really felt. You really felt for this one. And I also just love how colorful the mu- movie is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's super visually vibrant, and s- the pace is good, and like uh, it's just yeah, it's like it's good for kids. You know what I mean? But it's not like pandering or stupid, right? You know? And I just I think it has such a unique like nothing else looks like this movie. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not except Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Well, you you know that's part of the franchise, but <laughs> I'm saying <laughs> I'm saying like visually, <laughs> like it's in our world, but it's not in our world. Like even Carmen and Junie's home and their school, like they're you don't really see their town, but yeah. he somehow creates this world without showing us much of it, and I think that's very hard to do. Yeah, for sure. I guess if we don't have any, we both thought of the same best words. Yeah. Uh, we might as well jump into a little beyond the credits. Cool. I kind of was just hoping you were going to tell me what happens in the sequels here. Oh. <laughs> I don't really want to, I don't know what the fuck happens to these kids. Well. They meet Sylvester Stallone at some point. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to say you should Wikipedia all of what happens. I mean, I can tell you in Spy Kids 2, Isle of Dreams, basically what ends up happening is like Carmen and Junie are so revolutionary as spy kids that they end up putting a program together where they get a bunch of real kids to be spies. And they train spy kids. Exactly. Uh-huh. And so Junie and Carmen end up like getting like these rival kids that like are going gunning for the number one spy kids spot. Uh-huh. Cause like they have like the spy kids awards. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, what ends up happening is like, there's a mission and like the top spy kids get the top missions. Right. And Junie messes up somehow, so that way they end up being like the number two spy kids, and these kids end up going on the mission. Yeah. Um. But Junie and Carmen decide to, or one of them decides to go on this mission anyway, and it's sort of like this competition thing. And then Junie ends up like finding out the true reason why all this bad stuff is happening. Um. One thing I think you'll find interesting about Spy Kids: Isle of Dreams is that um, freaking Boardwalk Empire is in it. Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> it's a really weird movie. Like, if you think the Thum Thums in this movie are weird, the freaking creatures in the second movie, The Island of Dreams. Uh huh. Um, you just told me his name. Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Buscemi is a scientist that. What went wrong is he started combining these different animals together. So there's like a gorilla body with a dinosaur head uh-huh. and everything. And it's like these animals are Ooh, evil, gross. but they're not actually. But like they're so freaking creepy. Yeah. And at one point in the movie, there's like two creatures fighting each other. And like Junie's like controlling one. It's very video gamey. Very like weird. Really? Still. The third, but the third one's a video game. It's 3D game Sorry. I, I mean like the spirit. Uh, but okay. yeah, the third one is takes place in a video game. I don't know. I love Spy Kids too. And I think what made it successful for me is the freaking song that came out with it. Oh, I, <laughs> I never heard this. Yeah. Let's play a little bit right now, actually.
and I got to show you the music video because I think it's pretty funny. All right, we watch it. You guys got to check out the music video. I don't know. It had, it had me. One of my favorite things about movies that came around when we were kids that starred kids and even TV shows too, is that every season or every iteration, the kids would get older for some reason. That would be the most exciting thing for me. I'm like, Oh my God, this is what they look like now. So seeing in every spy kids movie, like Carmen getting older, I'm like, Oh, like that's so cool. I don't know why I was like excited about the idea of like getting old because that's what kids are excited about. Hello, Masha. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like, I was just very pumped when Spy Kids 2 came out. Same thing with the Harry Potter movies. Like, every year, you're like, oh, snap, Danny Rodcliffe's even hotter, you know? (laughs) It was just so exciting to see. (laughs) No, no, you watched, you said Emma Watson's even hotter. Oh, damn. How dare you? No, just kidding. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously after this, you have Spy Kids 2, The Island of Lost Dreams. I think I've been calling it The Isle of Dreams. I'm yeah. sorry. Um, then you have Spy Kids 3D Game Over with Sylvester Stallone as the villain. Yep. There is, when I was doing my research, there's there was a really interesting like 10-minute film school of how that movie was shot on green. Uh-huh. Um, so I'd encourage anybody to watch. Um, I think like, technically the movie's like really good yeah storyline wise maybe not as Ah. much but there is this very very famous internet internet loved scene of elijah wood um in the movie um that i encourage everyone to watch i don't know why it became so popular but he has like a role in the movie okay um then after spy kids 3d you have spy kids all the time in the world that's about way later (laughs) Yeah, yeah. This is like Jessica Alba um, is in this movie with the talking dog, apparently. I don't know. And then they're actually rebooting Spy Kids Armageddon on Netflix. So that is... This franchise isn't dead yet. Like oh, We have so more yeah. to look forward to. Uh-huh, okay. Look forward to. I mean, <laughs> the, the disdain in your voice when you talked about three and four. I don't think you're excited for it to come back. Yeah, out. but like, there's always gonna... You know, I'm always gonna give it a chance. Yeah. Notice how I didn't mention Shark Boy and Lava Girl. I mean, it's not really part of it. It just kind of feels like it is. Yeah, I mean, it is still him. So. Yeah, but it's not. It's not like Shark Boy hangs out with Junie. <laughs> Some things I didn't know is um, that there was an animated TV series, um, Spy Kids Mission Critical, uh, which had two seasons on Netflix. All right. Um, Robert Rodriguez was one of the EPs. It came out in two- 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a Spy Kids Adventure um, book series, which huh. is crazy, on top of that. And those stories were published by Miramax and released from 2003 to 2004. And then lastly, there was a Spy Kids Learning Adventures Mission the Man on the Moon video game All that right. was released in 2004. Okay. So, very successful franchise. Good for Miramax. Good. I mean. Good for old Weinstein. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I I might do a little skip through watch of Island uh, I- Island of Dreams and then maybe skim through 3D and all these following yeah. movies. Yeah, just sk- to, skim around. Yeah, skim around. It'd be fun. I guess just to wrap this up and to talk about why I think you should love this movie. I know we've talked about it on this podcast before, but I know that you appreciate family movies that are actually for families. I think this is one of them. It's got great comedy, great action, fun, scary moments for everyone to enjoy. 
I I would even argue that it, this is like the Fast and Furious for kids, you know, like it's like it gets crazier each iteration and you're like, where did we start? Yeah. You know, like for someone who wanted to keep it a franchise grounded, I to have kinda, a talking dog by part four. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it kind of gets out of his hands. I just got Alba by part four. It makes no sense. <laughs> I know. All right, but yeah, this I, I just think this movie has a little bit of everything. I think it's super original in, in that I'm talking about the look and the script and just a re- representation on screen. Like, this is family, like, back in 2001, we weren't really seeing in, like, you know, unless it was catering to those audience. Like, this movie was truly made for everyone to enjoy. Um, and I think that you would really appreciate that. Um, and also the gadgets and stuff are really cool. Oh, and lastly, the amazing cast and um, crew behind it. Like, it's undeniably, like, these are well-known names um, doing fantastic work. So I just think that this is a movie that you should love. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I I, I do hope you love it. So I guess there's only one thing to ask. Andy, do you love what I love? I love it. So almost. Oh. I literally couldn't fight you on a single thing you just said. I agree with everything. On paper, this is all so good. I just, there's something that I, there's not a spark for me in the sense where I don't really, would ever really want to watch this alone. And I can never really picture that scenario. If I was watching some kids and it was around and we were like, well, let's watch this, I could totally use it for that. But, like, the way there's other certain kids' media, like a, like a Muppets movie or something, where, like, it just hits me in a different way where I actually want to see it. Even though it's made for kids mostly, I want to see it alone. This just for some reason, maybe it's just because I didn't have it as a kid. But it's fucking, in terms of kids' entertainment, this is pretty solid. Like, every I co-sign all that stuff you said in terms of just the creativity, the visual flair, like... The fact that Robert Rodriguez isn't really just dumbing this down for kids. He's he's making a scary movie. He's making a sexy movie at times. He's mm-hmm. making uh, just like... It's not even like that it's a challenging movie. It's just like... It's not like neutered. Like I was said earlier. It's not playing it safe in the sense where it's like afraid to be weird. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate that. It feels like Tim Burton when he's at its best. And also... I just respect the fact that this guy is mainly known for making like R-rated, hardcore, gory, like fucked up movies, and then he also has a side, another side of his career where he makes these beloved kids movies. Like I think that's ta- that takes a huge talent. Yeah. Like I would agree. Like if like if Quentin Tarantino made a kids movie and it was like earnest and not like cynical, you know what I mean? Like an actual, genuine, good product for families, I'd be way more impressed than someone who's known for it. So I got to give it respect for that. But yeah, I don't know. It's just something I'm just not like, I don't get like juice the way, like, <laughs> like the way you were describing it. I was watching you get like physically excited and I, I just don't have it and I can't pretend like I do. Yeah. But yeah, people should watch this, especially, yeah. I mean, the representation part is dope. The, and it is like, it is actually funny. Like it's not, I wasn't like rolling my eyes at the kids humor of it all. Like there's, there's enough mix of stuff where I got some good laughs. Yeah. And yeah, I'm glad it exists. It's fucking great. But yeah, I just can't, I don't have like the love in my heart. I get it. I'm actually really not mad at that response. Ah. Um, and I'm glad that you could like find the value and like appreciate it. Yeah. I know a good movie when I see it. It's just, you know, 
part of like in movies is also emotion based and like it doesn't hit you can't you can't make that happen it either happens or it doesn't yeah yeah. That that all being said, I do think I personally am going to stick with the kid side of Robert Rodriguez. I think he might be a little too gory or scary for me uh, <laughs> in terms of like the adult stuff. Okay. Oh, uh, well, I don't know. You're probably the. I mean, Machete is like a fucking. It, it's nuts. Like it's not. It's not serious in any way. It's very <laughs> like over the. It's gory, but like it's not a yeah. serious movie. Oh man, it's a silly movie. Oh. Uh. I'm glad, I'm glad, like, this is, these are moments where I'm very happy that we have this podcast, because, like, in no other scenario can I imagine, like, bringing up Spy Kids and, like, talking about yeah, it this yeah. in-depthly. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can convince me to watch it, but we're not going to talk about it for an hour and a half. Yeah, no, this is great. All right, everyone. Well, that's our show. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy our podcast, be sure to subscribe and tell a friend. Also, if you have the time, please take a moment to rate and review. Every bit of feedback helps. I'm Andy. And I'm Masha. And I hope you love what I love. <laughs>